Welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michaels Show. Getting through this Friday. Getting into the weekend. Badgers tomorrow against Rutgers. 11 a.m. kickoff out of Camp Randall. Then uh, Sunday we all sit back. We watch some football. Monday night football out in Las Vegas. Our own Mike Clemens going to be out there on the road traveling with the team. Team practicing today. A locker room open up a little bit later on this afternoon. And uh, this portion of the program brought to you by the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, and comfortable. And the food over at the Bay Family Restaurant is homestyle. Cooking seven days a week. Call them 920-494-3441 for reservations. 920-494-3441. Or simply go to baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. Mike Clemens now joining us on the hotline. Michael, how you doing, pal? Hi, Bill. Yeah, is Sunday going to be the 49ers-Cowboys game, too, right? That's yeah. Something. Yep, uh, Sunday night, too, That's which is nice. We can all hunker down and watch that. Yeah, yeah so that'll be good to watch. Uh, I just came from the practice field where I was kind of surprised where Matt LaFleur had him outdoors because we're going to be in the desert at night on Monday night in that brand-new uh, Raiders stadium. Um, it looked like John Runyon, uh, your right guard, was out there today, and safety Rudy Ford, too. Uh, but Devondre Campbell, I mean, he messed up his other ankle. Talked about it on a radio show uh, up here the other night, and and actually, I got the team to confirm to me that you know he had the one ankle that kept him out of most of training camp and you know beginning part of the season. Now it's the un- another ankle, the other ankle <laughs> that yeah. he's dealing with. So, uh, did you have a chance to catch any of Thursday night football? I sat down and watched it and was uh, somewhat stunned uh, because I watched the Bears come out with tenacity. They executed extremely well. Their defense played like their hair was on fire. That that was a whole new team, man. It was. Also, though, you know, in the last couple of weeks, things were coming on. Remember, they were, were they up 28-7 against mm-hmm. the Broncos? Right. And then the defense collapsed, and they also had, you know, some stupid turnovers as well, which didn't help them out. But it it took them two or three games, two or three weeks, to figure out how do we actually get the ball to D.J. Moore, this wide receiver that they picked up in the offseason. And then last night he just goes nuts, 230 yards on the ground. And and that's the thing that you and I were talking about up in the press box at Soldier Field. Why can't they just figure out a way to get this guy the ball short distance and let him go for the yards after catch? Mm -hmm. He was crazy with that. But, But... you know, Justin Field was hitting him on. Did you see the 58-yarder down the left-hand side? I mean, yep, yep, pretty, pretty scary. And he, I mean, he was getting open. It wasn't like, and this is a pretty good defensive front that Washington has. They, their defense is no slouch. And he was getting open on initial moves and cuts. And you know, sometimes, and we used to complain about this with with even Aaron Rodgers. Sometimes just get the ball in the hands of the playmakers and let them do the work. And that's what they right. did with DJ Moore a lot last night. Right. Right. Um, so maybe Luke gets he's finally getting through to these guys, their offensive coordinator. But Bears go up and win 40-20 to 20 last night in Washington against the Commanders. And then, you know, you look at the stats, and D.J. Moore, Justin Fields' uh, new top receiver, 230 yards, sets a second-best team franchise record for yardage by a wide receiver, three touchdowns. And after the game, they put him on the podium. And one of the things he's asked about is, you know, you, you got the news that Dick Butkus had died, this legendary linebacker for the Chicago Bears and in the NFL. And was that some sort of a rally cry in the locker room? He was asked about that. 
Now I, I I had happened to see it on Instagram, uh, and I had told Mooney I was like, "Whoa," and like that was like, I want to say an hour before the game started, so that's when I really noticed it. How bad? This team played like a desperate team tonight. What was the feeling leading up to this, this game? Uh, it was, it was like we just needed a win, get the mojo going in our favor, and uh, it's time to just carry that over into the weeks coming. So that's the best thing. You know, Mike, uh, and I just told the story. I was talking to a buddy of mine last night, and uh, we were talking about different people we've met and everything, and he had just said something to me about Butkus. And I said, it's funny. I just saw Butkus because, remember, he was on the field when the Packers opened up the season down at Soldier Field. He was there. And I got a chance to see him downstairs earlier in the day. And I, it was it was weird that, you know, all of a sudden you look up and he just passed away in his sleep. I mean, there was nothing that was ailing him, really. I mean, he just was getting up there and – I had a chance to say hi, and that was, you know, that was pretty much it. But, uh, man, it was kind of uh, kind of surprising to see it only at the age of 80. And I hate to say only, but we know that the ages have continually escalated when it comes to, you know, people living longer. But uh, at the young age of 80, uh, uh, years ago, passing away. Yeah, years ago, you had him at Super Bowl a couple of times, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yep. you, you just know what a great storyteller he was, how funny he was. Um, but, listen – you know, in in the I'm I'm old enough. I was in grade school, but I I definitely remember to watch the Chicago Bears and Dick Buckus on one side, just abusing people, taking quarterbacks and picking them up and throwing it down. When you watch one of these highlight reels of Dick Buckus in the late '60s, um, it, you, you watch the field and you go, okay, well that's a penalty. All right, that would right. be a penalty. <laughs> that's a penalty. I mean, he wrote half the rule book. That's how right. ferocious he was. And right. I don't think he was a dirty player. He was just an intense player. He got every ounce of sweat out of you and intimidation that he could. Well, there's some other guys that say, you know, you get down on the field, and if he had a chance to reach through your face mask and poke you in the eye, he might do that. You've heard that all from Jerry mm-hmm. Kramer and those other guys, right? So right. he's just one hell of a great linebacker. To me, the best linebacker ever because he's a part of that group like Johnny Unias and Butkus and Starr and all that that really had helped the NFL surpass baseball as, as the national sport, just as TV was coming into it. Mm-hmm. Now, so there's, you've had players and co-hosts that say, wait a minute, I played in the 80s and 90s. It's Lawrence Taylor from the Giants, and I'll, I'll give them that. But there's so much more that, that Butkus did. And so after the game, you talk to Matt Eberflus, who finally snapped a 14-game losing streak. That's the longest in the in the Bears' 100-year franchise they're record losing streak about that and about the passing of number 51. My condolences to uh, the Buckus family. Uh, my, my deepest sympathies to them. Um, I had a, a, a several chances to visit with uh, Dick during the time uh, that I've been here, and it's always great talking to him, you know, because he's one of my idols uh, growing up, uh, being a linebacker, and uh, we had some good talks about reading keys and a lot, a lot of different things, but uh, uh, in terms of the game, obviously the first half, nice job uh, with the offense, you know, scoring on every possession. I thought we played some really good complimentary football, um, you know, getting a couple of three and outs there to start um, on, on defense. You know, I thought the defense played well, and really it was about the ball. You know, I, I've always talked about that with the guys, and I know when I said to them, I said, when we get that right, we'll be right. Uh, you know, Mike, the one question I'll give you 
is uh, when it comes to Nitschke, because I was asked earlier today, my thought was always Nitschke because I thought Nitschke, growing up, that's all I heard in my household. My dad was a huge Nitschke fan. But Butkus, his lore grew even after he left the football field because of the Miller Lite commercials, the television shows, the appearances on uh, places like, you know, Johnny Carson. So his lore grew when Nitschke, he ended up getting ill and ended up passing away. So where would you put Nitschke in that? Right next to him. As a matter of fact, if I'm mistaken, they were were they both at Illinois? Both those guys were from Illinois, and yeah. I even heard in interviews, you know, on your show and others, I remember Butkus saying, "I actually admired Nitschke. There's some things mm-hmm. I learned by watching Ray, and the attitude and those kinds of things. And you know, Ray was a different guy. He wrote a book. I think it was Jim Carter that replaced him, and. Ray wrote a book about his career because, you know, Jerry Kramer had come out about his from Instant Replay, and there's a lot of books from the Lombardi era and the lore. And Ray Nitschke's uh, book was called Mean on Sunday. And the whole forward to it said, look, at off the field, Ray Nitschke was a, a nice guy. And he mm-hmm. started the Packer Report with some other investors in the mid-'70s. So there would be a weekly magazine on everything Packers, which one of the newspapers ended up picking up. But on Sunday, he took those glasses off, he took his teeth out and put them on the top shelf of the locker, and he turned into somebody he didn't know, into a wild man. And that's what a lot of those guys were allowed to do back then, and it was part of their persona. As for Dick Butkus, you're right, the beer commercials, I think he was in the longest yard with Burt Reynolds. He also did some other TV shows and had, had parts. And then he went into the broadcast booth, and he was up there with Wayne Larrabee, the, now the voice of the Packers, one the, the 85 Bears came along. So, mm-hmm. you know, he definitely helped get the Bears through their rough spot. I, I remember also when Walter Payton suddenly died of his disease, that it was Dick Butkus who was there to, to eulogize and help, you know, extend that, build the bridge for the Bears fans to move on to the next era, you know, after that horrible thing. So even though Butkus messed up his knee, and the Bears did not take care of him financially, even though he gave it his all for nine years. There's those highlights toward the end of the career where he's hobbling after interceptions and stuff. Right. Um, you know what? He stuck it out with them. There was a rough period with the Bears and some time in court, but he stuck with them in the long run. And there he was on opening day this year when the Packers and the Bears faced off at Soldier Field. And the hostess was there, and they put him on the screen where it says, well, what do you got to say to the fans? He goes, Let's kick the Packers' ass. <laughs> right, right. And he said that yeah, on the exactly. microphone yeah. at the start of the game. That's why they loved him, man, because of the uh-huh. attitude. Yep, no doubt. Uh, in the meantime, the Packers uh, get a little bit of a time to self-scout. They take a look at what they've been doing right, what they've been doing wrong, trying to figure out. We were talking about this earlier today, Mike. Uh, you know, uh, under you know the identity of teams under coaches. You know you know what Andy Reid has. You know Shanahan's a creative guy. McDaniel's a creative guy. Uh, Mike McDaniel down in Miami. You know that Mike Tomlin's team wants to kick your ass. You know that uh, what you know Dan Campbell's got going over Detroit. They want to win in the trenches and beat you up. And we were trying to talk about the identity of this team and what it is they are under Matt LaFleur. And I, I, I see the best adjective I can use is they're still searching. They are. And I'm concerned about where their heads are at right now because I have now been in the locker room for you for the past two days, and I don't have much. You know, usually I try and bring folks the best quotes from offense, defense, and all that. And Anders Carlson, he had some fun stories to tell about growing up with his big brother, Daniel, 
Carlson, who's the, right. the, now the place kicker of the Raiders, and you guys can do that maybe later on in the spotlight. But I, you know what's started to sink in? I don't like to compare previous seasons. You know, like there's this stat everyone's going to hear a thousand times. Well, the, the Packers have beat the Raiders eight times in a row. Who cares? Right. So you're you're gonna that might go back to Mike Sherman and Brett Favre for all I know, you know, or when Charles Woodson left. I mean, it's, the, the the Raiders have had a struggling franchise since they were a Super Bowl team 20 years ago, and Woodson was still there. But I'll tell you what did pop in my mind today because I was trying to figure out what's going on around here. And you know what? I can't help but think about last season when you went to London and you were surprised by a New York Giants team that not only beat you, but punched you in the mouth, beat right. you up physically, made you second guess if maybe you still should have this job as a profession. And on top of that, they fractured your quarterback's thumb in Aaron Rodgers. And what you what? You went on a five-game losing streak. You lost seven out of eight during that period, which Brian Gutekinds told the shareholders this summer. I mean, I it... Uh, you know, you lost to the Jets and the, and Washington last year. And that was at home, and you know it, it seemed to just knock the confidence out of the team. And right now, after the beatdown that they took from the Lions, not only did the Lions run the score up on them, but they beat them up. And they're coming back, you know, after this so-called bye last weekend, a little quiet right now. So, mm-hmm. you know. You almost lost to the Saints. You had this miracle comeback in the fourth quarter. And we talked about on this show that some of the players were telling me, man, you know what's when we went to our two-minute offense? That's the one we practiced the most. Because, again, half this team, they're on their fourth or fifth career NFL game. And then the Lions come in. They're not only good right now, they only got their rhythm down, but they're physical, and they beat you up. And so right now, what are these guys looking at? So, So I asked Jordan Love yesterday, I said, because uh, you know something about Love? How did we talk to Rodgers for 25 minutes? And after Jordan left, after about seven or eight minutes, you see reporters peeling away and going to talk to other guys. He's just very to the point. He doesn't talk about, you know, uh, the latest movies that he's watched. or <laughs> He doesn't talk about, oh, I remember right. back in 08, right? So we asked Jordan Love, how has Matt LaFleur challenged you since you got run over by the Lions? Yeah, no, we, uh, you know, I think Matt challenged us, you know, after last game, um, you know, going through the break, just, you know, continue to watch uh, the past couple games and challenge everybody to think of one thing that, you know, we're going to work on going forward and, you know, going to the bye, you know, have just things we're thinking about when we're out there at practice, going to the game, just focusing on things we can get better at. My thing is just completions, going out there, getting positive plays and just finding completions on every play. Right after the Saints game, I asked Samori about, what's the difference in the fourth quarter? I said, to, to me, it looked like you're in your tune. And he goes, yeah, I, we don't have to think anymore. Mm-hmm. We rep that so much. We've got that down so much. Mm-hmm. He says, it was like muscle memory. And you, you guys as a unit must have felt that way. It must have probably been your best quarter so far this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, we've done, we've got a lot of reps. It is something we practice almost every day during training camp, OTAs. Um, and so we have a lot of reps at doing those things. And, you know, we have a limited, you know, play count that we do in two minute and no huddle stuff. So, um, like I said, we've, we're comfortable in that. Guys have got a lot of reps. And, you know, it, it sucks to be in that position, being down and having to do that, have to be in that situation. But uh, I think, you know, no huddle kind of puts some pressure on the defense, trying to get lined up, figure out what they're doing. 
and what coverage they're getting to. Um, but yeah, like you said, it, it takes some of the thinking out of it. Um, it's kind of muscle memory, um, and that's that's where we want to get to with every play, though. Uh, let's do this. We got Mike Clemens on the line with us. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break and come back and then wrap things up this half hour with Mike. I know he's got to get back down and into the locker room as the Packers will wrap up practice. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. They have the new store across the street on County Road K in Oconomowoc. But if you're looking for a tremendous place to go, watch a game, maybe this weekend, Fish Fry Friday, whatever it happens to be, Boondocks is it. Boondocks Burgers Barbecue and brews right out there in Stonebank, technically Stonebank, Wisconsin, but on County Road K in Oconomowoc, and they cater. So if you're looking for somebody to bring the food truck out to maybe one of your events or something indoors, too, they can do it. That's our friends at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. More of the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at 1031-2023. It's every play he is relentless. If you think you have a block for a second and you let up, he ends up finding a way to, to swim you or, or you know, maneuver around you and hit the quarterback. He is constantly hitting the quarterback, whether the quarterback's got the ball in his hands or not, or he's just releasing it. This guy is a special player. He's, he's one of the best players in this league. Good to have you back. Hey, if you are looking for a uh, game to watch this weekend, if you're going to watch the Badger game, watch the games on Sunday. Look for some great food. Uh, you're going to start getting into uh, preseason Bucks games, hockey games, all that stuff. Our friends at Stenny, second to National Walkers Point, always running shuttles and just the best sports bar. The best sports bar to hang out at. That's our friends at Stenny's. And by the way, Lake Country is now coming right along. They got all the permits and such. And I just saw yesterday that they have completely gutted the inside. and They're starting to build it back. So Stenny's in Lake Country coming soon, hopefully in the next six months. It's going to be right out there on Watertown Road in Pewaukee. But right now, head to Stenny, second in National Walker's Point. As they say, you should be here. Uh, joining us now is our guy, Mike Clemens, uh, up in Green Bay. So, Mike, uh, you know, obviously uh, we're waiting to hear from David Bakhtiari. Which, by the way, they ended up, correct me if I'm wrong, they ended up saying, no, David's going to speak either today or tomorrow, right? They did. Um, and we were kind of surprised by that. Don't know what's going on there. But, um, you know, it, they must be pacing it for news cycles, or I don't know what. But uh, I, I got a I got a pretty strong feeling David's going to talk to us today as soon as they come off the practice field. Maybe he wanted to let a little more of the game plan sink in for the rest of the guys, but uh, he's supposed to talk to us today. And what's really unusual about this is he's currently on IR, and I mean we were trying to think back when's the last time we talked to a guy on IR, and it might have been 
Jordy Nelson, and that was only after he came back from the torn ACL surgery, and we, and we knew that he would be gone for like a year. So we, you know, we talked to him then. But this, uh, this is very fluid, as they say in the business, as to why mm-hmm. he's going to talk to us while he's technically on a four-week uh, injured reserve list. Um, look, going into this game on Monday, we were talking about the importance of this game in so many different ways because the Packers, have, just in the last two games, they played six quarters and three minutes of awful football and maybe a quarter and a half of decent football. Uh, to me, Mike, I'm looking at, and then we'll talk again on Monday, I'm sure, but you know, I'm looking for this team to actually do something out of the gates and not get punched in the face and again have to be scrambling late in the ball game to try to come back and win it. Yeah, they made some a lot of mental errors down in Atlanta in a game that I think they had the better roster. Although, since the Packers played the Falcons in that game in Atlanta, the networks have picked up uh, one of the new young stars in the National Football League is that running back, number seven, Bijan Robinson. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a true talent, and he really showed it off. It also exposed that, in fact, the Green Bay Packers' run defense is still not ready. How much difference would it make if they had a healthy Devondre Campbell out there? Uh, Isaiah McDuffie has been the backup. Uh, Good player, good backup, special teams guy, but he's very guarded. We talked to him yesterday because I think there's a lot of question marks going on. What these guys like, what's going on? Our our defensive line is healthy. So, you know, we lose one of our inside linebackers, but, you know, what's going on? Why, Why can't we be able to lock down the gaps and stop people's running games like like people have been running on them. In the meantime, you got a, a Raiders team that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt again. It was a, a concussion. And you got this Asian uh, O'Connell who's uh, came out of Purdue. Uh, he was a fourth-round pick for them the year before, and they put him on the field. But, you know, he made some mistakes. They had turnovers. They lost to the Chargers, who jumped out to an early lead, uh, controlled the game most of the time. They started running the ball against them. But, you know, now now because of some of their injuries, um, you know, Josh McDaniel's desperate for a win. He's 1-3. and three. He's going to be at home in their brand-new stadium on Monday night football. Oh, and by the way, the, you know, Devontae Adams has is, is got all this production. But on one of the last plays that, where he caught a ball, he, he, he was drilled into the ground by a defender and landed on it. Let me think about this replay. I think it was on his right shoulder. So he did not participate in yesterday's practice. Uh, so that's one thing that you know might help out the defense. But and then I'm talking to Jair Alexander yesterday, and even though he still you know claims he's the best corner in the in the NFL, uh, he was very guarded with his comments yesterday. I don't know why. I I don't know why. Hmm. So you know at the, at the end of the day, you you've got Rasul Douglas blaming himself for things that happened in the Lions game. Uh, you got Quay Walker, who promises to be better, even though he's averaging like 12 tackles a game. But there's, exception, with the exception of Rashawn Gary from time to time, no one is speaking up, at least to the media, or far as we know in that locker room, from anything I can tell, that says, let's go. And, do you, and again, I hate to compare seasons, but do you remember this lull about the same time last year? And when did mm-hmm. it slip? That second half? in Chicago against the Bears, and suddenly the defense looked like they woke up and started flying around the field and hitting people, and they almost got to the finish line and getting into the postseason. Well, the time is now. The time is now. 
Mike, uh, we uh, Zach Johnson, who covers uh, the Packers, uh, had wrote a little bit earlier over on Twitter. He said Jair Alexander's only played tw- uh, 78 coverage snaps this season because he's been banged up, but he's currently allowing a passer rating of 156.3, which is the highest among all cornerbacks. He surrendered six catches on eight targets for 103 yards and a touchdown. Is that something? Maybe that's the reason Jair's not doing a lot of talking right now. I don't know, but it's not good to be a, a, a highly paid quarterback and have a quarterback rating like that against you. Yeah, you know? right? I mean, right? It, at least it's perfect somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes. it's crazy. Those are crazy numbers. Yeah, uh, and, you know, we were sitting here talking earlier, like, what do you do? If, you know, Devontae Devon Adams still one of the best wide receivers in football, even working with the Raiders organization, and he's got the most uh, fourth most targets in all of football as well. you you got to do something with him or he's going to beat the hell out of you. So do you just say, Jair, go get him? Or do you have to do Jair, go get him with help from somebody else? We're going to talk to LaFleur, and I'm try- I've been thinking for the last two hours how to phrase this. But it's like, you know, last year you went all the way to London and you got punched in the mouth by the New York Giants and a team that went on to have a darn good season. He surprised everybody by getting into it. Now, of course, the Giants stink right now. And I don't know if it's just because, you know, Barkley is injured again or whatever, but they just looked horrible the other day. So, you know, it ebbs and flows. But right now, my major concern is, you got beat up so bad in prime time the other night by the Lions that you've got a lot of guys just not even sure about themselves, even though it's not that bad of an injury list, and particularly on defense, you know, and maybe maybe this is the opportunity if Garoppolo's, you know, not a hundred percent but coming back out of the concussion protocol or the second year quarterback O'Connell, maybe this is the you know, this is the kind of clouds that are gathering the seeds that you need to pick up and get some turnovers and help help out Jordan Love get them some better field position and all that. But, but as you go into your break, because then, they, then they've got to buy after this week and then, you know, the second half of their season. But I'm not feeling it. I don't get it yet who is motivationally leading this team. And and that should start with the head coach. And I'm, I'm not I, – I don't get a sense of that yet from the players. Mike, great stuff as always. Get in the locker room, and then we will talk again soon, okay? Will do. Thank you, Bill. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. There you go. That's our own Mike Clemens uh, joining us for a couple of minutes and uh, some interesting stuff. And like he said, you know, nobody's talking. There's no bravado. Not that you should have it at this point, but as he said, somebody's got to say, let's go, you know, and this goes back to that identity question under Matt LaFleur. What, what's the identity of this team? You know, and as much as offense and the downfield passing game and the rules favor the offense without a doubt. I, at some point, I'm kind of hoping somebody steps up and says, we're done being soft. We're done with this. Whether it's internally or externally, we got we to gotta start punching people in the face. You don't want to be known as a dirty team, but I'm playing up to the whistle and maybe a half second beyond. Somebody's got to take it upon themselves to say, we got to have some attitude. Because like Mike said, I mean, even listening to some of the guys in the locker room, you know, Jair a little bit earlier, it, there's not a lot of, um, we're going to get nasty, you know? We're not going to get nasty. Uh, anyway, uh, let's do this. When we come back, we'll do a little buy or sell. We've got some other things going on. We've also got what do we miss coming up here in just a little bit as well. 
Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill. At Curly's, by the way, this weekend, coming up on Sunday, they have a meat raffle going on. They do a lot of stuff for charity. So if you're looking for a place to go, maybe watch some NFL games uh, this coming weekend, that would be a place to go and check out. Curly's Waterfront uh, Sports Bar and Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Uh, maybe even after some of the high school games on a Friday night, go over there on Lakeview View Boulevard, have yourself an enjoyable evening. Or coming up on Sunday, they got a meat raffle coming up this Sunday that you can participate in as well. That's Curly's Waterfront Sports Bar and Grill on Pewaukee Lake. Final couple of segments coming up right after. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Not a lot of racing going on today, but don't forget, coming up in 2024, the season passes uh, are now available at Great Lakes Dragaway. Great Lakes Dragaway, Union Grove, Wisconsin, and they had a great summer. Great summer. If you got the need for speed, whether it's racing motorcycles, cars, funny cars, dragsters, whatever it happens to be, you want to go down and see it uh, yourself or you want to run your own, they do it. Uh, call them 262-302-2138. You can even rent the track for you and your friends. You can even do that whether it's for an hour or for all day, greatlakesdragaway.com. That is greatlakesdragaway.com down in Union Grove. And uh, don't forget, to the uh, for those who uh, enjoy that, the 2024 season pass might not uh, be a bad gift idea as we start to turn the corner into the holidays. I can't believe I'm even saying that. Oh, God. But it's a thought. It's a thought. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, Grant Bills, are we uh, ready for a little uh, buy or sell? Bill, if you ever ask me if I'm ready for buy or sell and I tell you no, I want you to terminate my employment. I want you to <laughs> I want you to find someone else to do this job. Yeah, I got a couple things for us to buy or sell. All right, let's do, do this. It. We got some buy or sell. Let's do this. I love it. Let's start with last night, Monday night or Thursday night football. We didn't talk about it a lot today. I was glad Mike brought it up. Justin Fields had one of the best games of his career last night, 282 yards passing and four touchdowns. The Bears avoid losing their 15th straight, and they move to 1-4 on the season. Chicago still at this moment, however, owns the first and second pick in the upcoming 2024 draft. And if that holds up, Bill, buy or sell, it doesn't matter what Justin Fields does this year, the Bears should still collect or uh, select quarterback Caleb Williams. Yes. Yes. Because then you have trade bait. Either way. Yes. Absolutely. And think of it this way, if you get the number one overall with Caleb Williams, then you can have him sit behind Justin Fields for a short period of time as well. And Justin Fields knows the pressure is on. But I, I'm not going to get Caleb Williams and throw him right into the fold if I don't have to. I, as much as that might work, we see quarterbacks that get a chance to sit for a little while and then develop. So, yes, I'm. if I'm the Bears, I am absolutely opening my arms to Caleb Williams. 100 freaking percent. So here's a follow-up question. What is the point of this year then? Like if, if the Bears know that in all likelihood they are drafting another quarterback in April, what are we what are we doing here? What's that like for a Bears fan? What are you cheering for? What's the goal? I, uh, the goal is that I am wanting to see if Justin Fields gets it because his trade value could possibly go up. I'm hoping that uh, the team is able to showcase the offense while the defense collapses and you don't win a lot of games. You still have uh, the top pick. Um, as a Bears fan, you're you, as a Bears fan, you're thinking to yourself, is this team even going to be in this area? 
or is it is it going to Arlington Heights a done deal? So I look, I there there is so much influx right now. If I'm a Bears fan, I'm just saying, okay, this season maybe they show me some exciting football. We get uh, the the top ranked quarterback coming out of college, and then we can just begin really truly begin moving the franchise in in the right direction. And I still think they're going to end up in Arlington Heights before it's all said and done. There's no way they stay downtown Chicago. I mean that that stadium's a pit. It, it's just a toilet. I know there's history there, but nah, get out of there. Get out of there. Go buy your own. Uh, you've got your own land. Go buy your own building. Go go uh, build your own malls and everything around it. Make it a more pleasurable experience for everybody. Yeah, do your thing. So that's what I would say if I'm a Bears fan. So this season, just, just to summarize, is about making Justin Fields look good and the friends that Bears fans make along the way. That's what this and, season is about. Exactly, and trading away Justin Fields. What a dumb, lame season. By the way, uh, ESPN's yeah. Chris Canty said on Get Up this morning that the Bears should sell high and trade him now. Trade him right now after this great game, which is, yeah. I think, kind of funny. You're uh, trying to get a couple of games under his belt where he starts to look like he's getting it. Uh, I just keep going back to the conversation we had down there at Soldier Field this year where we were told by a couple of people that cover the Bears and have covered the Bears for a long time that this guy is not the sharpest knife in the drawer. <laughs> he's... He's just not that good of a quarterback. He's an athlete, not a great quarterback. We saw him throw the ball well last night. I had no doubt about that. But one game does not a career make, man. Buy or sell. Let's talk a little Brewers. We're all waiting with bated breath, Bill, for a Craig Council decision and what comes next for him. And I Mm -hmm. think we both agree on on maybe slightly different levels, but I think we both agree in, in general that he's a very good manager. He's done a great job for the Brewers. But... They've gone one and nine in their last 10 playoff games, and they've failed to advance past the first round after 2018. Bill, buy or sell, if Council decides to step away from the Brewers this offseason, change for the sake of change might end up being a good thing for our Milwaukee Brewers. It could happen. You can find a good manager as good. Um, and some of the changes we talked about yesterday, you're going to have to make when it comes to positions. You know, you, you got to figure out first base. You got to figure out shortstop you got to figure out third base your power numbers have to come from your corners the majority of the time what are you going to do with the influx of youth and then obviously your pitching staff there's a lot for Matt there's a lot on Matt Arnold's plate but I will say this and here's another prediction before November 10th we will know Craig Council's intentions okay so in, in five, six weeks tops because I can't imagine that he's going to make a decision unless it's very quickly before like the the World Series. You know what I mean? So over the next couple of weeks, if you don't hear anything, my my assumption is it's going to come right after the World Series within that first week or two. So by November 10th, we will know what Craig Council plans on doing. Well, he's a classy guy. He doesn't want to take take uh, attention away from those teams still competing and maybe he needs to sneak in a darkness retreat before he makes I, his decision. You know what? Well. I I if anybody sees him buying a 5-gallon bucket at a Home Depot, then we know he's going to the darkness retreat. Other than that, I think I think before the end of the second week in November, we're going to know what he's doing. You know, change for the sake of change. I know it's a cliche and it sounds like a bad thing, but you know, I think of our Bucks bill. Uh, Damian Lillard versus Drew Holiday, they're both very good. I think Dame is slightly better, but Part of the reason that I'm excited about this season is they mix it up, they change things, and now the team feels fresh and it feels like they have a new challenge. Whereas I think trying to run back the same exact group and failing, it gets harder and harder. Sometimes you need to shake it up and try something different. I would agree. I would agree. I, uh, I, 
Change for the sake of change is good when you're not good. I don't know if it's good right now. You know what I mean? I think, I still think that this team is not far away. But they're on, right now they're on the fence. Right now they're on the fence. They're not far away. They've got some talent. They've got some pieces. They've got some guys that put the ball in play. Maybe a bopper or two uh, that they figure out. And then... You know how you're going to piece your 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 pitching staff back together if indeed you decide to trade Corbin Burns away, but I don't think they're that far away. But a couple of bad moves, maybe a manager that doesn't have the same or doesn't see eye to eye in the clubhouse the way Craig Council has, and then all of a sudden the tipping point goes drastically the opposite way. So I, I think they're right there, but Matt Arnold's got a monumental task at hand this offseason. Buy or sell. Last one, and this is an NBA one. This is a basketball one. I, I want to talk about the Bucks. There's a quote from Giannis and a quote from Dame over the last week that I've really liked. All right, Dame said, it's going to be fun and it's going to be great to come here and play with a player that's better than me, right? Which was interesting. Dame didn't have to say that, but he did, right? right? That's That shows me something. And then Giannis on Sirius XM Radio this morning says, I feel like I'm way more locked in. When you have a guy like Dame next to you, you have to be ready. I love that Giannis and Dame are almost deferring to each other a little bit. To me, mm-hmm. that spells great things in the future for them, maybe sacrificing a little bit of their their stats or their ball handling to be better as a duo and better as a team. Do you buy or sell that? I buy that, and I'll take it a step further. It may ignite other players around them. You know, because uh, Giannis kept talking about guys need to come in and put the work in, put the work in, put the work in. And he wasn't talking just about the front office, I don't think. I think he was talking about the guys around him. And then the guy that nobody's talking about right now is Chris Middleton. And getting back on the floor, getting healthy, having a, a really tremendous season, and becoming the real the, the third in the big three, legitimizing that. Uh, I, I hope that ignites him as well. I, I really do. But I, I agree that right now those two guys – are bonafide stars, bonafide stars. And they're going into this thing with locked arms and in lockstep as opposed to either one, fighting for the spotlight, or two, talking about how the other will complement their game Yes. instead of vice versa. So, I no, I, I completely – I'm all in, man. I'm fired up for Bucks basketball. Not a difficult thing to buy or sell. I figured you'd agree. I just think it's a, an interesting point worth talking about before we wrap up nope. for the week. 100% agree. 100% agree. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. Wrap it up. What do we miss? That's coming up next in the Bill. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers on 1031 
If by chance you are looking for a career, maybe a new career, a new job, whatever it happens to be, and you're based in Wisconsin, you're looking to work with a terrific Wisconsin-based company. That could be Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. That is Kemp's.com. We all know we've had some some Kemp stuff in our refrigerators at one point or another, maybe in the freezer. So you can check out Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. There's CDL drivers. There's production assistants. Uh, there's maintenance technicians and such, and they're paying sign-on bonuses. So if you want to get a hold of them, go to Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. That is Kemp's.com. And then click on the term careers at the bottom of the page. And who knows? Maybe they could be giving you a call, setting you up for an interview on Monday. Good stuff from our friends at Kemp's. Since 1914 in Cedarburg, Wisconsin, that is Kemp's.com. That is K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. Uh, let's do this. Time now for some What Do We Miss? Bill, we didn't talk again, like I said, a lot about Thursday Night Football last night. One funny footnote from last night that I thought we could talk about. So DJ Moore ends with eight catches, 230 yards, three Mm -hmm. touchdowns. Could have had another. It seemed like maybe the refs gave him the short end of the stick. This is funny to me because earlier this week, we got a report from Ian Rappaport who reported that the Panthers, they're looking and then they're calling several teams about trying to trade for a potential number one wide receiver. And remember, DJ Moore was the piece they traded away to the Bears, and now they have no one left for Bryce Young. Panthers are in a tough spot, and they don't have their pick next year. The Bears also own that. Yep. The uh, Boy, I tell you what, the the Carolina Panthers, I thought they stocked their team pretty well in preparation for Bryce Young, and that just nothing has panned out. And that's part of the problem. When you take a rookie quarterback and you throw him right to the wolves and you have these high level of expectations, which is why I said, look, if I'm a Bears fan, I am doing everything I can to bolster and hope for Justin Fields to succeed. I'm going to put him on the trading block, maybe even before the season ends. And depending on what you believe in the experiment in New York, if the Jets were able to somehow get a win or two and kind of keep themselves relevant, I'd be trading for him. I'd be tr- I, because he's so much more athletic than what and, and has the ability to move so much more than Zach Wilson does. I'd be trading for him. I know that people got, you know, all jazzed up about Zach Wilson in his last outing, but I try to trade for him. And then you at least have somebody that Aaron Rodgers can tutor over the next couple of years. And then he may be ready to take your team to the next level. And that way he gets a chance to sit and watch and listen and learn. And maybe become a little more intellectual, we'll say. But uh, I, I'm, you know, if I'm a Bears fan, man, I'm, I'm hoping this guy plays extremely well over the next week or so. Trade him, and then just watch that season tank away. Get Caleb Williams and move on from there. That's that's where I'm at as a Bears fan. What a weird season. Uh, one yep. clip of audio that I wanted to play you. Travis Kelsey speaking to the media day, and he has responded Uh-oh. to Aaron Rodgers calling him uh, Mr. Pfizer or Captain Excellent. Pfizer or whatever he said. Uh, this is like the weirdest WWE back and forth thing I've, I've ever seen or heard. Here is Travis Kelsey. It's only 30 seconds. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. I mean, with the stash right now, I look like a guy named Mr. Pfizer. Um, who knew, who knew I'd get into the Vax Wars with Aaron Rodgers, man? It's <laughs> Mr. Pfizer versus, uh, the Johnson and Johnson family over there, man. I don't, I don't think we asked you about it since you're in the commercial. you kind of just say why you want to I mean, I've always been, you know. Once I got the vaccine, I, and I, de- I got it because of, uh, you know, keeping myself safe, keeping my family safe, uh, the people in this building. Um, so, yeah, I stand by it 1,000%. And uh, fully comfortable with him calling me Mr. Pfizer. There you go. 
There you a, go. A nice little beef, a little fun back That's and fine. forth. He doesn't seem too bent out of shape about it. No, he he doesn't care. He, he's, you know, that to me is probably the least amount of his worries uh, right now. He's, um, he. <laughs> He's got to worry about the anger of the Swifties if this thing ever goes south. You know, it's already being called a hoax. You know, it's already that they're only together because she's promoting her product through the NFL and he's gaining popularity through her. And so because he's I don't know how many thousands, hundreds of thousands or 10,000 followers, followers he's gained, but he certainly gained quite a few uh, over the last couple of weeks because of all of this publicity. So I'm uh <laughs> Travis Kelsey has to worry about other things. I, I don't know if you saw it today on the Pat McAfee show. Uh, somebody was standing behind Pat McAfee. They're down at the Cotton Bowl today. Somebody's standing behind Pat McAfee with a sign that says, Taylor Swift doesn't date punters. <laughs> it was awesome. It's pretty good. Yeah, the engagement, the followers, the jersey sales, all gone up for Travis Kelsey. I'm starting to think oh, yeah. that we got to find a way to get Taylor Swift on this show. I don't know how. I don't. Do you, do you have any connections? Do you have, do, you, do you know uh, her personally? I, I don't, but I I can certainly start hunting. I know people in the business <laughs> that could get us uh, get us to Taylor Swift's people. That's for damn. Sure. What are we gonna yeah. ask her? What what could we possibly ask her on this show? Okay, we could ask say. her. Her we could get into stadium talk, uh, hanging out in the. Who is the Who is the group of people that hang with you in the suite? Do, you, do you, how many people do you bring with you to come to a game? I, all that kind of stuff. I'll, you know what? We'll start working on that. All right. I'll start working on that. I got a few friends in the business. We'll see if we can't get in touch with her people. Send some texts. Yeah, no doubt. All right, that's it. That's it. Boy, a week in the books. And uh, enjoy the weekend. You got Badger uh, football tomorrow. We just kind of sit back, relax on Sunday, watch some games. Monday, we crank it all back up yet again. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Until then, hey, by the way, don't forget on the 18th of this month, the huddle, we're going to be live in lacrosse at Flipside. Looking forward to that as well. Time for us to go. Have a go. Hoop. <laughs>